Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 1976's Car Wash, directed by Michael Schultz from a screenplay by Joel Schumacher and an unforgettable theme song by Rose Royce tells the day in the life of the employees of the titular car wash as they engage in what can only be described, Michael, as shenanigans aplenty. So, so many shenanigans. I thought this movie was really fun and really interesting. I had... I knew the song like backwards and fucking forwards. I had never seen this movie. I had never actually seen it either. And I think the the thing that was a, a big keystone for me was I I don't remember exactly where I I saw this, but apparently it was intended to be a musical. That goes very far to explain why it seems like there's sort of these these like distinct you know, sort of cuts of the action where you can almost see where they were going to drop in a song. And then the musical portion of the movie never really materialized, even though like the pointer sisters are in the movie. And, you know, like, you know, like I, it, it, everyone's it, it, in this movie. Every, every person in that was alive in 1976 is in this movie. The entire movie was spent going, Hey, there's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> well, it's, what I found interesting about this movie was how, like, weirdly plotless it was. Oh, apart yeah. apart from the shenanigans, there are a few like little stories kind of strewn throughout. But I had just assumed, and I don't know why, that part of the plot was the car wash is going to close and they need to save the car wash, and no such thing happens. Well, it, is it possible that that trope hadn't been invented yet? Uh, it's possible, but unlikely. But I think uh, it feels like it's weird how this movie, A, feels like infused with late 70s malaise. Just how shitty things were in the late 70s. Yeah. Especially like how cynical things had gotten post-Nixon and post-Vietnam and kind of... Uh, you know, the the hangover of some of the 60s idealism, like, is all over this fucking movie, as well as uh, a bunch of kind of influences from, from New Hollywood things. Like, I feel like Altman's mash is also kind of weirdly shapeless, like Car Wash is. Um, American Graffiti, which sort of, like, tells one night in the life of a bunch of graduating high school students and has like the DJ commenting on the action right. is, is sort of similar to this. Although car wash is, is like, is in one location. Right. Um, I, like they never really leave the car wash, <laughs> um, which in some ways is uh, also probably one of the points of the film. And it's, uh, you know, there are the shenanigans, but it occasionally gets like deeply serious too. Which yeah, is definitely. Like, it's, this, this is a movie with shit to say. 
Certainly. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, just the whole sequence with Richard Pryor is, is certainly a, a, com- a commentary on things, you know? Yeah. And um, also like how disco this movie is like, this is a, like, I feel like this movie came sort of early, like 76, I guess is early in disco. I know, or, I know disco had like a brief run atop like pop culture. Right. Like sort of as it evolved out of, out of funk music, but this is a disco movie. And you can see in the movie all the reasons why. Like, I've, I always hated uh, rock fans who have a fucking problem with disco because I think disco is great. Like, I love disco music. Right. Well, I, I think that it's it's one of those things where really underneath it, it's just people who had a problem with black music. You know what I mean? It's like. I'd say even it, it, that's part of it, I think. But it's also. uh Disco is a, like a lot of women sang disco yes, songs. Yes, and disco was way more open to homosexuality than sure. rock music was. Like Sylvester was was openly out, and people still somehow in the late seventies were convincing themselves that Freddie Mercury was straight. Right, right. <laughs> in the words of a very wise man named Noah Hayslip. Disco is celebratory music for celebratory people. (laughs) It's uh, so, but yeah, I think, I think uh, you're, you're definitely right there where I think part of it is the problem with, with black music, but part of it is also like, like there's a lot going on there with. Yeah. Well, I bring that up because of the core, the, the core of the, um, the, the, you know, the, the, that big event they had at, at the stadium where they, they, blew up a bunch of disco records yeah the it's uh in detroit i think the disco sucks yeah yeah that like the disco sucks rally yeah yeah somebody made the you know the 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 observation uh i think they were interviewing like a security guard or something uh and a little piece i watched about that he said you started to notice that it wasn't disco records. It was records with black people's faces on them. And, and it, it shifted very swiftly into a, a much, a a sort of much more delicate area than, than just, I don't like disco music. Yeah. And then, and then 10 years later, all of those people would happily inform you that they liked all types of music except rap and country. Yes. Oh, God. Great. That sounds like a real fun way to live. (laughs) Thank you. It's uh, but car wash, I think. It's it's weird because it's I think the movie is both celebratory and it's like there's kind of a sadness at the core of it. too. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, there's the homeless girl at the beginning of the movie and the wig is clearly living in the bathroom of the car wash. It's it's hard times, man. You know, everyone like they're having fun at work, but it's also it's their fu- it's a fucking job. And, yeah, you know, I think the job is can can be kind of a drag. Uh, and you know, despite the fact that they don't save the car wash, it's uh, it's interesting how like you know, some of the characters are you know clearly want more, and they're having a hard time getting it. Yeah, so definitely. which I think is is a commentary. I think. Uh, Lindy, the Antonio Fargus character, Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. Um, you know, the, I don't know if you saw a lot of gay characters in movies at that time. Right, like, right. Like, well, yeah. and that that's the thing that struck me was that it was it had that sort of like 
we were all, you know, they, 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 some of those characters are sort of the butt of the joke, but they're all working together and there's an acceptance there that I that I really like. That seemed like a very kind of a 70s disco thing, like everyone welcome kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I think people were like giving each other shit, but in kind of a busting each other's balls way. It, it never it never seemed hostile. Exactly. In the way that you bust people's balls when you're at work. You know, but in general, the movie seemed like very accepting. The movie did not seem to hate any of its characters, which I like. Certainly not. No. And uh, and I was reading that um, when this movie aired on TV, they basically cut out all of the Lindy character scenes because they're like, well, we can't show this on television. And they added an entire subplot involving Danny DeVito that had been shot and cut out of the movie. Oh, you know, that that explains it, because I saw Danny DeVito in the in the IMDb listing and I was like, where's where is he? Where's Danny DeVito? Where's where's Double D? Where's Double D? <laughs> He's like, he'd be a welcome presence in this film. Ended up on the cutting room floor. But then had a, probably more people saw him in the movie because so many people watched television. That's at right. The time. That's right. Yeah. So he got the he got the lucky break because of uh because of people's sad intolerance to anything awesome. <laughs> uh, it's also interesting to me how this movie has like both George Carlin and Richard Pryor, like the two greatest stand-up comics of the 1970s in it. Yeah. They share no scenes. So share no scenes. Carlin, <laughs> Carlin, you get, it's one of those things like you feel like he was there for four hours <laughs> total on set. Do your cab driver thing. And that's, <laughs> Have you seen a blonde-haired black girl around here? Oh, well. And then he just wanders off scene. I guess it's better than if he started doing shtick. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. he kind of... Why do we wash at the parkway and car <laughs> at the driveway? <laughs> <laughs> and I like... That's the end of the podcast. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I liked how Pryor was oh. uh, playing this sort of prosperity gospel bullshit preacher character he seemed to be having a blast well that's the thing i i think my favorite thing about his character is that it's like they would you know they were trying to sort of calling call him out for being full of shit he, he was like yeah man i think look at this awesome car and all these ladies like like total total self-awareness <laughs> pointer sisters yeah he drove around with the pointer sisters who burst into song at one point it's probably another nod to this movie's uh initial conception as a musical it's interesting that joel schumacher wrote it because right. he um i think the director sort of came up with the general idea michael schultz he had before this done a movie called cooley high i remember that yeah 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 and cooley high like sort of for television it was very loosely adapted as what's happening right um so i think cooley high was a bigger hit it was like more of a coming of age thing um but then they brought in Joel Schumacher, who in the 80s went on to like direct The Lost Boys and the Batman movies that everyone hates with George Clooney. <laughs> the nipple Batman. The nipple Batman. You know, some of the lines in this, uh, I think I think Lindy has a line at one point that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman later reuses in the movie Flawless. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but it it kind of works, I think. Were there any storylines that you particularly enjoyed? I, I I like that the whole thing just sort of washes over you. Ooh, pun intended, I guess. Yeah. I just I I you know it, it yeah, I, I liked it's funny that you brought up MASH 
because I hadn't made I hadn't really made that connection. But you're exact. It's that's exactly right. I I, re- I remember my father who was a Vietnam veteran. Uh, was not a fan of the television program MASH because of all of its, you know, inconsistencies or whatever. But if he was not a fan of the television program MASH, he was ardently opposed to the movie MASH. I remember it was on television HBO or something like that. It was sort of on a rainy Saturday and I was watching it and he, he was like, I can't understand what's happening. Just people talking over me. He just, he was so angry about MASH. And, uh, and then, of course, that made me like it even more. I was like, this is genius. But, uh, yeah, it's funny that you made that connection because I actually hadn't made that connection. And that's a perfect uh, that's a perfect example of a of a of a of a very similar movie. I just liked it. It meandered a lot. MASH is one of those movies. Uh, and since MASH does not have skateboarding, you know, I figure I'll go on the tangent here. Sure. Where watching like I watched MASH for the first time as, as a movie, probably in the 2000s. And what struck me about MASH was it was very clearly a movie that had such a profound influence on the movies that followed, especially in its kind of slobs versus snobs conception of the world. Absolutely. That it seemed very tame after the fact. Well, right. It's like it, it, I always think about um, this, the, the movie I feel like that's really similar is Meatballs. Mm-hmm. The, the original Meatballs is basically every every coming of age movie that that came after it, and so when, if you were to watch all those other movies and then Ma- and then Meatballs, you'd be like, oh, this seems like a really low key like version of it, but it's the original version of it. And Matt, you're exact, you're absolutely right. The 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 whole idea of like sort of rebelling, but you you're also in the army. You're I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- there was the draft then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that, that um, makes sense. Yeah. You know, and also like uh, the way like the like how hostile the characters are towards your girl Kellerman in the Mash movie is a, is uncomfortable to watch. Oh yeah, it's it's well there's a much much like some of the things that happen in Car Wash. There's some rough shit <laughs> that, that uh sure certainly does not play in uh in today's in today's marketplace but uh but yeah in the context of that time i remember watching it as a kid and just being like this fucking movie is nuts at no point during car wash did i really sort of like cringe forever when they were like, like you know uh i felt like obviously there's stuff that's of its time but it didn't feel like, like I said, the movie felt like it didn't hate any of its characters. Well, certainly, I think when I when the when they were when at the beginning of the film when they were sort sort of setting the scene, I was very prepared <laughs> to to cringe at a lot of stuff, and then I was like, oh no, it's like it's there's a there's sort of a every everybody is in it together kind of a vibe that I that I really responded to. And uh, Garrett Morris is in this. Oh man, uh, who was also in Cooley High, but uh, he has kind of a small part and he disappears midway through. Right. But uh, it was interesting to see him uh, as a an original Saturday Night Live cast member. It's always a pleasure to see Garrett Morris, and it has skateboarding. It does kind of kind of a lot, kind of a lot. Yeah, of skateboarding. yeah. He, the, the the skateboarder kid, uh, Calvin, played by Michael Fennell. Michael Fennell. Is uh, I will say this, 
This is right on the cusp. So the big sea change in skateboarding was the invention of the the uh, that plastic, but the the ure- urethane wheel with the enclosed bearing. It cha- you know it made skateboarding much faster and much smoother. And man, does that kid look cool on that skateboard? That's that uh, that uh, uh, the introductory scene where that kid is skateboarding down the street. The stance that he's got his feet in on that board is everything. It looks so cool. And the, yeah, just the way he's kind of got his back foot sort of like hung over the side and his front foot pointed forward. And that is like good looking skateboarding right there. I'll tell you that much. Well, I could tell even from my like limited skateboard knowledge vantage point that the urethane, like I think like that this movie came out around when the urethane wheels came out and all that sort of, uh, you know, Z-Boy era. Yeah, definitely. Because of the way they're looking at like, what's this? Because skateboards had been around for a while, but clearly this was something new. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they originally skateboards <clears throat> had clay wheels and the bearings were just like, you just sort of poured the bear, you know, like just dropped them in and they could fall out. But when you watch older footage of skateboarding from the 60s, it's kind of slow. And it's actually a, a, a lot more dangerous. The clay wheels could slip, like they slipped very easily. They could get flat spots and you could, you know, you had the potential to have a bearing or two fall out and suddenly stop and fly forward and really, really hurt yourself. And once they came up, I mean, there's that, once they came up with the enclosed bearing and the Cadillac, they were called Cadillac wheels and they had a little bit of grip. And all of a sudden, skateboarding, you could really start to cook on one of those things. Boards, the boards even got a, it, it looks really small by the standard of how big boards would eventually get. But that that board is even a little bigger than the original sort of sidewalk surfer boards. And, and you can start to get some speed. And that kid has got some style on that skateboard. My favorite thing about skateboarding, more than the necessarily the tricks or the you know, the, there's there's certain people who, who really gravitate towards the danger of it. The, we call it the stunt wood. Or there's people who really gravitate <clears throat> towards like the technical tricks. And for me, sometimes it's it's just watching somebody just push down the street. There's certain people who have it. I call it touch. And that kid, who I believe is the actor who's who's really riding the skateboard, it doesn't it certainly didn't have like a jump cut to somebody else riding a skateboard had the touch, man. He just looked good on that skateboard. And uh, I think his last scene is like his mom is picking him, picking him up and everyone's sort of, you know, giving him like guff at the car wash. And then he pretends to get hit by a car. Yes. <laughs> to prove that they care about him. And then he just kind of like blows him a raspberry. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what a little shit. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah. he looked cool on that board. <laughs> Like I was watching, I was like, "Oh no, he was hit by a car!" Oh no, <laughs> he, he got me. He 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 pulled those heartstrings, Kevin. But yeah, I I dug this movie. I would recommend watching it for skateboarding and without. I think it's an interesting seventies time gap. Yeah, well, especially like like you know, like you said, like everyone's in it. Every three seconds, you're like, "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah, the uh, soundtrack is fantastic. It's dope. Even beyond the iconic theme song by Rose Royce, which was like a number one hit. 
the soundtrack is great. Like the the music in this movie is great. Yeah, it's, I feel like it was just like a pleasant time capsule watch. You know, I mean, God, just the afros alone. Jeez, they were so good. <laughs> All the clothes. I do. I do love disco pants and haircuts, Kevin. <laughs> let's let's face it. listening our website is gleaming we're on facebook at gleaming the tube and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com skateboarding is not a crime Whoa.